everybody and welcome to episode four of the Empowered Psychology platform and today we have a very special <laughs> guest. So Caitlin Tripp is a dear friend of mine and she is an amazing woman, okay? <laughs> so she is an aplastic anemia survivor. She is a nursing student at UTMB. She's an aspiring doctor of nursing practice and a health and fitness advocate. So at the age of 16, Caitlin was diagnosed with a deadly but treatable disease called aplastic anemia. While her friends were going through high school and doing normal teenage activities, Caitlin was fighting for her life and had to undergo an intense immunosuppressive treatment that had a 50% chance of working. Throughout her treatment, she took matters into her own hands and started to educate herself on her illness nutrition, and fitness. Because of her will to live and her passion for life, Caitlin was able to turn what was supposed to destroy her into the very foundation for her to create and live a successful and healthy life. So today, Caitlin celebrates six years of being in remission and advocates for others to take care of their health through fitness and nutrition and education. She is a walking miracle, and I am honored to have her here to tell her story and empower others to overcome their adversities. Wow. So, thank you for being here. That's an amazing intro. Yeah. I mean, I had to for my amazing guest. Come on. I'm so excited to have you here. And even though we've been friends for years, um, we haven't really like sat down and talked about, mm -hmm. you know, what happened to you. Yeah. Because I, I think when this was happening to you, I was also still finishing my treatment. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we've had like time yeah. to really talk about it. So yeah. I'm actually really excited. Yeah, I think it's long overdue it for is. sure. Yes, it is. So I'm really excited for you to tell your story. And honestly, be inspired by you because, like I said, you're a survivor. First question I want to ask is I just want to know a little bit of, about you. Like, what was your life like before you got sick? Wow. Uh, so, before I got sick, um, I was, I played sports my entire life. Um, just kind of, I was just kind of a normal teenager. Um, I will say, I just ate whatever I wanted. I ate. Twinkies, I ate ramen, I ate just, you know, just whatever, whatever was available. And so, um, I don't know, I think that my diagnosis was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, but looking back on the information that I have now, it's not, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a normal kid. Um, before I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And I remember you, you were like a vo volleyball superstar, <laughs> you yeah. know? And uh, I was remember you as like the really tall girl. It was like beautiful. I was like, how is this even possible? But yeah, and then um, you fell ill. So um, what happened? Oh, so, um, was so weird. Um, I remember one day in volleyball practice where I just was so tired. I couldn't even serve the ball without like needing to take a break, you know? And I remember I went to my dad and he was like, eh, you're probably just out of shape. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, and so I, I truly thought that I was out of shape. And so, um, I remember going to the track and running 10 hundred meter sprints. Cause I was like, I need to get back in shape. Like this is not okay. 
And I remember just feeling like I was going to pass out. And so that for me was my turning point. I was like, something's wrong. I don't feel good. I have, I had bruises everywhere. Um, I, my lips were white, super white. And so basically, um, I went to my doctor, my primary care physician, and she said, um, are your lips always that white? I was like, no. Um, and so we ran a few tests and she basically came back and was like, this is an emergency. You need to go now to the emergency room at, up at Texas Children's. Mm-hmm. Um, I had zero platelets. And for those of you who don't know, a normal platelet count is 150,000 to 400,000. So I, <laughs> yeah, so I had zero platelets. I remember I had a hemoglobin of like 9.2. And for those of you who don't know, 12 is normal. Um, and then my white blood count was 2.1 with four being normal. Um, so my numbers were pretty decreased. Um, but so yeah, so then I went to the hospital and all the doctors came in and they're like, look, we don't know what this is, but we think it might be leukemia. And at that point, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, at that point, I was scared. I, I just, I mean, I was 16 years old, you know? And so um, I kind of just waited for more definitive results. And um, they came back and they're like, okay, like it's not leukemia, which I was, you know, um, very thankful for. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then they just told me that it was aplastic anemia, an autoimmune condition that the normal platelet count is 150,000 to 400,000 and you had zero? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, I know it's a complex question, but like, how does this even happen? So, okay, so I have a couple of theories on why and how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main um, theories that I have is that I was born three months early. And so Mm. being born so early, you have a higher chance of um, developing disease. Um, And I was never breastfed, which means I never got that, those antibodies from my mom. Um, There's also a link between, uh, a correlation, I I guess I would say, between uh, trauma, childhood trauma and autoimmune diseases. And (laughs) I had some trauma. Uh (laughs) So... um, I think that could have definitely played a role in my diagnosis, Um, not to mention the fact that I didn't eat good growing up. Um, But I think it was just kind of a combination of things that kind of just created the perfect storm. How long did it take for them to diagnose you? Was it quick or were Um, you in there for a while? It was pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you heard this name, aplastic anemia, like, what... when? Because I remember being diagnosed and hearing my diagnosis and being like, the heck is this? Mm-hmm. You know, what was your mm-hmm. reaction? You yeah. know, how did you feel in that moment? Oh, my gosh. I, I remember just being like, oh, I hope this is nothing big. Because at the point, I was like, well, this will, I'll just, like, take some medicine and I'll be fine. Um, but I remember being so, like scared when I figured like when I finally found out what it was Mm -hmm. um because it is a hard disorder to treat and to stay in remission um 
and everybody's body reacts differently to treatments and Mm -hmm. I think for me I just I just wanted at that point in time I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to finish high school and um, I didn't want to worry about this you know like I said your will to live and our passion for life you know Mm -hmm. it came it came through. So what is aplastic anemia? So aplastic anemia is basically when your bone marrow just kind of stops working. Um, it can be for an unknown reason, chemicals, um, uh, viruses, anything that attacks your bone marrow and then your body attacks itself, its own bone marrow. Um, and so it, there's a decrease in your white blood cells, your red blood cells, and your platelets. And um, basically, the treatment that I underwent um, is just like an immunosuppressive treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that for me was, um, that was rough. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, but for me, it put me into remission and... Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, Autoimmune disorders, um, I guess there's not enough, I feel like there's not enough education on diet and autoimmune disorders because we we know that autoimmune disorders, there is lots of inflammation in the body, you know? Um, Uh And so chronic, okay, acute inflammation is good, but chronic is not good. You don't want chronic inflammation um, going throughout your body all the time because we know that that makes DNA damage and then cancer and just a bunch of stuff, you know, that you don't want. I did some research, of course, about your illness, and this is a pretty um, serious illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say, and I hope you know this, like, you're a miracle. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're a walking miracle, and, like, you need to look in the mirror every day <laughs> and be like, yo, like, I'm a miracle <laughs> because, you know, I was... I was um, reading about this illness and uh i had you know i've heard about bone marrow but it's never my disease never really like actually i think it did now that i think about it (laughs) so wow but um you know i learned about bone marrow and bone marrow like makes the components of your blood that you need to survive so you mentioned like the red blood cells that carry oxygen Mm -hmm. white blood cells that prevent infection and platelets that control bleeding therefore the absence of bone marrow is fatal since it's an essential part of your body and, and you are at zero yeah um that's pretty intense you mm-hmm. know um so i'm just glad that you're here because this could have gone so many ways oh for sure um yeah so um now i really want to talk about um your road to recovery so once you got diagnosed um what happened after that? Let's talk about your treatment and then also your your plan mm-hmm. of recovery. Because this is something I've realized. Um, sharing my story, hearing other people's stories, is that we kind of have to create our own plan. For sure. A hundred percent. So I want to hear about yeah. your plan. Yeah. So um, once I was treated in the hospital, mm-hmm. um, I came in for regular blood transfusions and platelet transfusions for a little while and then uh, my body started making um, its own cells and so at that point I didn't need any more intervention in the hospital 
And so after that, I was like, okay, I need to educate myself. I need to know what I have to do to give my body the best chance at staying in remission. And so I did the research. I found stories of people with the same diagnosis and how they stayed in remission um, and how they avoided ultimately getting a bone marrow transplant. Because that, for me, that was worst case scenario is a bone marrow transplant. Um, but I basically just educated myself on um, what an autoimmune disorder is and um, we know that it's characterized by remissions and exacerbations. And so the exacerbations can be really dangerous for me, especially because we worry about infections, we worry about bleeding, we worry about um, just complications, really. Um, and so for me, it was just about learning what I needed to do to make sure that I stayed in remission. Um, and so that meant diet, that meant exercise, that meant controlling my stress levels, that meant just reducing the inflammation that I could, that what I could control. Because there's a lot that I, you know, couldn't control, but, you know. That's like the same thing I did, you mm -hmm. know, because in yeah. those moments you realize, like, I'm not really in control right now. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you start to be like, okay, well, what, what can I yeah. control? I want to talk about this because this is really important, but your, your support system, oh, wow. you know, <laughs> um, yeah. Tell, tell us about yeah. that, because you had a lot oh, of support. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I remember, so I was diagnosed in high school, and mm -hmm. I had so much support behind me. I, I am truly, eternally thankful for the support that I had. Um, my team and my school created GoFundMe for all my medical bills, and <laughs> yeah, shout uh -huh. out to y'all. Yeah, wow. Um, I thank every single person that donated because that that honestly that was a part of the reason I was able to get the treatment that mm -hmm. I you know um, got and so my family was a big support and um, I had amazing doctors I, I will say I had amazing doctors throughout my um, treatment and um, Texas Children's is an amazing hospital yes. I will say that they yes. they were awesome uh -huh. so um, yeah I just I had so much support from every every part of my life, and so um, I don't think I would be here and like who I am without them. No, yeah. Um, shout out to Texas Children's. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Texas Children's yeah. best best hospital <laughs> in the world, yeah. in my opinion. Yes. Um, so, um, the first case of aplastic anemia was reported in 1888 and was considered a terrifying and mysterious disease, but today. Today, it can be successfully treated yes. in almost all patients. I really want to emphasize on that because um, um, that's a part of your advocacy. Um, if you want to advocate for yourself, you need to know, is this a treatable illness? And this is a treatable illness. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, aplastic anemia is a scary diagnosis. I will yeah. say that. Mm -hmm. um, but it is treatable, and the fact that we have so much, um, so many treatments and things that we can do. Um, if I was diagnosed with this disorder a hundred years ago, I would have been, you know, yeah, dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but now, like, we just we have so much information, mm -hmm. and um, it's just it's really a disorder that we can just live with, you know. And you can just control your symptoms, mm -hmm. and with the right education, I would say just. 
educate yourself. Really yes. t- take take control of your education, um, and uh, don't just take the information from doctors. Of course, listen to them, mm-hmm. but do your own research. I would say. Um, but establish that this is a treatable illness. Now, you did go through a treatment that had a fifty percent chance of working that turned into 100 mm-hmm. um so um tell, what was that treatment oh yeah so um it was an immunosuppressive treatment i was in the hospital for two weeks okay and basically i couldn't tell you the exact mechanism of the treatment except mm-hmm. for it suppressed my immune system um but i remember it was a really bad treatment it was yeah. it was horrible mm-hmm. i <laughs> i'm not even going to lie um i had i was like excessively shaking because i had an allergic reaction to it which most people do um but i was shaking for probably for the first 48 hours i was like wow. compulsing and i remember having like really bad bone pain and I, I remember we couldn't even get Tylenol for the pain. Like, I we were trying to get Tylenol, and the provider was just like, no. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. Um, <laughs> but, wow. yeah, but, uh, yeah, after that, um, after that treatment, basically, I just came in about three times a week, checked my blood levels, and the goal was to have my um, reticulocyte count mm-hmm. above... I think it was point one, one, 01 uh, to 0.04. And basically what that is, is that's just a number that tells the physician that your body is making its own. It's like the baby blood cells. Aww, <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. it just tells the physician that your body's making new blood cells. Um, and so I kind of just progressed and... Um, I was really anxious, to be honest, because it there was only like a 50% chance that the treatment would work. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being so stressed out every single appointment because I was like, well, if this doesn't work, I have to get a bone marrow transplant, you know? And so um, I just, I didn't want to get a bone marrow transplant. Um, and so eventually, I think it was like the fourth week after my treatment, I, I remember coming in and I was super sick. I had this horrible cold. I was just like, I feel horrible. Um, and so she came in and she was like, guess what? And I was like, no way, no way. Um, she was like, your body's making uh, red blood cells. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. I, it, was, it was one of the greatest days for me. I remember oh, yeah. me and my mom went out and celebrated after. <laughs> for lunch and um yeah it was it was a great day so after that I kind of just monitored my uh blood cells and uh stayed at home because I was still immunocompromised um I remember I wore a mask outside going to stores and stuff because you know didn't want to catch any infection or anything like that when my body's trying to heal itself but Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's just kind of what happened after treatment Wow, well, um, <laughs> I'm so proud of you, and I'm so happy that it worked. And, um, yeah, so, you know, your will to live is uh, very inspiring because, uh, you know, although you were stressed, it, it didn't matter because your desire to live 
overcame mm-hmm. that's like when you go through these treatments i i know because i've been through them mm-hmm. you know you don't really have the energy to do much especially in the beginning so when did you start like what got you into like fitness when did you start really um healing yourself um it's funny so i've always been i've always loved sports i've always like been i had a love for working out really and mm-hmm. so um the diet part didn't really come into play till after I got sick. Mm-hmm. And um, it just came when I started educating myself, really, about my illness, about audio, autoimmune disorders, um, and just about like foods that you can eat to help decrease inflammation in your body. And really, like for me, I, I don't know. I think that when I started... Um, I started doing low impact exercises. I started eating better. I started, really, it's just about giving your body the best chance. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're, you're like, you can't control everything that happens to your body. And there's no guarantee, right? There's no guarantee that eating healthy and exercising is going to make the difference. But why not? Yeah. You know? Um, why not put your body in a position to be to win to 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 be healthy <laughs> yo but the thing is like it does work mm-hmm. uh, it does it, it, i yeah. i i 100% believe that it does work mm-hmm. and unfortunately some like medical professionals don't think so and and for me i <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, clearly it works, okay? And uh-huh. the thing is, is the biggest, um, so in nursing school, we learned about a lot of different disorders, but for me, the biggest indicator for me that proved that there is a correlation between diet and health is type 2 diabetes. We okay. know that when people overload their body with sugar and processed food, your body is pumping out so much insulin, eventually the organ stops producing good insulin. And so it's it's a, a, a direct correlation. So food and um, crappy food, it hurts your body. Like yeah. it's just, it's amazing to me that, that doctors sometimes, I'm sorry, not all doctors. Uh-huh. Some doctors just don't see the correlation. So No, but but there is because, you know, you survived, I survived through mm-hmm. fitness, um, and to this day you're still working out. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, fitness, uh, not only is it like a seller like I honestly this is something that I realized like a few months ago, but like when you and I like we you and I were almost died you know so yeah we were on we were saying goodbye you know so whenever I work out or I dance like for me it's a celebration Mm -hmm. of my life yeah and and when you're like and even if you haven't gone through an illness moving your body is still a celebration of your life that movement it like translates to your mind Mm -hmm. you know and 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 in the end I feel like we used our minds, mm-hmm. you know, like the power of your mind, it, it is very powerful. And because you wanted to survive, you know, you did everything 
you could, which it all started in your mind. Like, I know that you were physically moving, but it all started here. And now, you know, this this illness, it it was meant to destroy you. But if anything, it, it helped you create a life most people don't get to experience mm-hmm. because when you've never been sick, you don't realize that mm-hmm. this Chick-fil-A sandwich <laughs> is destroying you. Yeah. You know, after you got your treatments and after you started working out, how long was it until you like finally were like, okay, I'm good. I just have to maintain this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I would say it took about two years. Two years, yeah, Uh because my blood counts kind of fluctuated for the first two years, and and let me tell you, that was stressful. Uh It's stressful because you don't know, when my blood counts go down, you kind of just don't know if they're going to go back up. Uh It's just kind of like, okay, they're down right now, what if I go in next appointment and they're down again, and again, and again, and and then at that point, you know, they consider bone marrow transplant and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, my blood counts just kind of fluctuated um, for the first two years. And then after that, they kind of just stayed at their kind of normal-ish range. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So patience. Yeah. Patience mm-hmm. was a huge thing. And that's one thing, uh, especially nowadays, uh, we've become very impatient. And um, if you're going through any illness, you need to be patient. Because um, as we can see... And uh, through your story, my story, other people's stories, um, it took a while for this stuff to develop, Mm -hmm. you know? But because, um, and you know this, um, the diagnostic criteria is designed to diagnose illnesses that are already very active. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not able to catch them. Mm -hmm. So this probably took a while to develop. It's going to take a while to heal. Um, So patience. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I w- patience is hard, honestly, um, for a lot of people because it's it's the unknown, you know. Yes. You, you don't know what's going to happen, and, and that's scary. A lot of people don't like the unknown, mm-hmm. you know. I don't like the unknown. <laughs> um, and so staying positive and being patient and just trusting the process is so hard, but it's so necessary. It is. It's so necessary. Um because living in a state of stress and constant worry and anxiety, it's not good for your health. It's not. Um, and so uh, really just finding your support group and mm-hmm. who your, um, your family and just people who love you, um, I would say that's my biggest advice for people struggling with um, health anxiety, um, autoimmune dis- disorders that have exacerbations and remissions. And yeah, I mean, it's hard to be patient and to um, just wait for health, but um, I would say just find your support. Yes, find your support and make every day meaningful the much mm-hmm. that you can. Mm-hmm. I know when I was sick, you know, I would dedicate, because I, honestly I had a lot of free time because mm-hmm. I yeah. was recovering. Mm-hmm. So I would dedicate each day because there was a point like I couldn't walk, so I was like, okay, today I'm going to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Today I'm going to um, go on this walk mm-hmm. here at this location, you know? Mm-hmm. And then once I started working out, it was like, okay, today I'm going to do this workout. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And like before you know it, you're okay. Why? Because you're, you're, you're actually learning to be happy mm-hmm. you know you're learning to be grateful mm-hmm. um those little strides of progress you know they they add up i really love your story because like i'm inspired right now mm-hmm. by you because like 
you can survive. Mm -hmm. Like this is proof that you can survive and you can live a healthy life. So for people going through aplastic anemia, um, right now they are going through it. This is for the people who are going through it. What advice would you give them? Just one piece of advice? Or Anything you want to say. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, I would say, um, going back to what we said earlier, just be patient. And this, this disease is so hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard um, mentally. I, I struggled a lot. Because, like I said, just the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen. Because this disease can cause so many complications and you you really don't know what's going to happen. Um, and so I would say just be patient and educate yourself. Educate yourself outside of the doctors. Know the mechanism of your disease and what affects it, what positively affects it, what negatively affects it. Um, and just like... I don't know. I just, I really feel like education is the most important thing that you can do for yourself. Because so many people in my nursing clinicals, there's so many people that don't have just basic health, like, information. That I'm just like, how did you not know that? Which I'm not judging them for because not everyone, you know, has that information or that resource, those resources. But education, 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 for sure. Yes, that's where your power lies um, in educating yourself. And I think there's a correlation between education and remission Mm -hmm. because most of the people who I know who get into remission, you know, they took matters Mm -hmm. into their own hands. So that's really important. And we want to empower y'all to take matters into your own hands. Do not let the label or diagnosis control you. You control it. In those moments where you and I were really sick, like, we realized, I don't do something about this. The life I want to live is over. So, and, and now we know that we can overcome and we can take control of our minds and our bodies and our health. Now, six years later, yeah. reflecting on it, how, how did this change your life for the better? You know, it's weird. I, uh-huh. <laughs> every, every time I go through something super traumatic or something so hard, a trial of some sort, mm-hmm. I always look back and I'm like, wow, that's why. That is why that happened. And so, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional. I truly believe that this diagnosis was meant to happen because mm-hmm. it made me who I am. I am so much stronger for it. I truly feel like my diagnosis has given me so much and I truly believe that the the benefits outweigh the, the yeah the trials. Like yeah. I truly believe that I would not be who I am today without this diagnosis. And um, without this diagnosis, I, I don't believe that I would have the knowledge that I have now. And and now I'm able to um, influence people and and let them know that they can they can be healthy and they can that they don't have to just be victims of of food and a sedentary lifestyles and and they can feel good you know um i think for me i just i'm thankful that is the really just the root of what i feel for my mm-hmm. diagnosis so yes yes wow I have to clap. <laughs> like wow your your journeys um and your will to live because i really want to emphasize on that your will 
to live will give you purpose. This Caitlyn is someone who lives within her purpose. Like, um, she really does because her diagnosis really led her to want to loving herself to taking care of herself and now she lives within her purpose i mean now she's literally going into the health field because she wants to make impact and she wants to give back to the profession that saved her life you know she's a fitness advocate health <laughs> advocate yeah, so let's let's talk about that you know you have your instagram yeah you know um are you taking any clients or anything like that yet <laughs> or are you just more you like know, into taking care of yourself and sharing that uh, i've actually always wanted to do that uh -huh. but i mean with nursing school and stuff it's just really not in the cards for me mm -hmm. um so as of right now i'm kind of just um sharing information and mm -hmm. advocating and um, just, you know, uh, trying to be an example for other people, mm -hmm. really, um, through my social media. <laughs> yes, so trip fit, y'all. Um, <laughs> yes, very valuable information, very great. Um, workouts, you know, this is a queen of body right here. <laughs> so I can tell you that right now. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm really inspired by you and I'm honored that you came to share on my platform. Um, my biggest takeaway from your story is um, to just take power back yeah. into your own hands mm -hmm. and have a, a powerful mindset, you know, mm -hmm. have a positive mindset. Yeah. Control what you can control. This is not the last time Caitlin's <laughs> gonna be here. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes. So I just wanna yes. thank you for being oh, here. Thank you. And, um, just honored to have you in my life, <laughs> yes. you know, and you're a miracle. And yes, so guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for watching. I'm going to leave her information down in the description below, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>